verse 1. I'll read up to, say, well, I'll read the first few verses. I'll read up to verse 5. Now there was a famine in the land besides the previous famine in Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in this land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while. And I will be with you and I will bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands and will confirm with oath, I, with the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and give them all these lands And through your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. See, this was a link in the chain to Christ's coming. Through your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Because Abram obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commandments, my decrees, and my instructions. So the situation here is uh, a famine has come. I don't know if if you're as old like me, but you can remember back... In the 80s, when there was these massive famines in Ethiopia. And you would have seen the news footage of throngs of people just going down, wandering down the roads, trying to find greener pastures, trying to find places where they can get some food. And it was this massive migration of millions of people. And uh, I was invited to serve over there at that time. And I still remember the thousands of people that would come some even at our distributions, so desperate. So this is what's going on in the context here. Isaac has already decided it's time to go. And so he's picked up his crew and he's started to move. And he's heading over to Egypt and he pauses at Gerar where the Philistines were. And uh, it is there the Lord speaks to him. And that's the first principle I want to bring to you. When you are in a time when you're moving to greener pastures, take time to listen. Take time to listen. God is very willing. I, I noticed that he took initiative. God took to in, the initiative to speak to him. You know, we often believe, how many of you believe that you have to cajole God into speaking to you? Sometimes we do believe that. Sometimes it's just a matter of timing. I, I, know, I find it interesting that he had already started heading for greener pastures. Then God spoke. So sometimes it's a matter of timing. But you look through the whole scripture. The story of the Bible is God speaking, God speaking, God speaking, God speaking, God speaking, God speaking. From the start to the finish. And you will find that the blessing comes to people's life when they listen. So God took the initiative. Generally, the reason we don't hear what God is saying is that our heart isn't quiet enough. And we have the advantage now in our season where we have the Holy Spirit indwelling every believer. And it's a matter of our hearts being quiet enough to hear his whispers. But God spoke to him. God took the initiative and God spoke specifically. Don't leave this place. Stay a while and I will bless you here. God spoke specifically. I have a book in my library. It's actually a little pamphlet, but it's very powerful. It's called Touching the Invisible. 
And it was written by a man named Norman Grubb. Anyone would like a name like that. So Mr. Grubb writes about this. He was working with an organization called the World Literature Crusade, I believe it was. And uh, they were ready to close down operations. They were at a time when they were just thought, we need to shut it down and go to greener pastures. But what turned things around is they decided to learn to hear God speak. And so whenever there was a challenge, whenever there was a problem, when there was a field that had needs and they needed to uh, reach into there, they decided they would take time to assess the problem. They would get all the facts. They would look at the scriptures to see what the scriptures had to say about it. And then they would let it rest. And then over time, often over a period of a couple weeks, they would get a conviction of what needed to be prayed for, what needed to be done. And when they made that shift in how they operated, their whole endeavor turned around. God was willing to speak when they were thinking of heading for greener pastures. And God's message had the long view in mind. His message was part of his long-term covenant plans. And when God speaks to us, we often have, or we often have a short view. This problem needs to be solved right now. But God actually is thinking long. He was thinking generational. He was thinking hundreds of years. He was positioning Isaac and his descendants so that Christ would be able to come to the world. God's message will often have the long view in mind. We, but just about... God speaking, sorry, Calvin, I'm going to mention you, but we had an issue at our new location, and I didn't know what to do. Honestly, I didn't know what to do. And so I was praying, and his name kept coming to mind. So I thought, I'm going to give him a call. And his crew helped us so quickly, it was amazing, and that problem was solved. But I just thought, again, God speaks. God speaks. So when you're on the way to find greener pastures, you're in a place of dryness. You're in a place where your soul is parched, where you're a place where maybe finances are parched. Whatever it is, understand that God speaks. So have a listening posture if you're on the way to greener pastures. Second principle, act in faith. On what you hear. Look at verse 6. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. God spoke. Said stay here. He stayed. Do you know what? It takes as much faith to stay sometimes as it does to go. Maybe even more. When we were in Nigeria. I remember. There was a lot of tough stuff happening there. And some families decided it was time to go. And some decided it was time to stay. And sometimes there is an undercurrent of criticism. How could you be so dumb to stay in this dangerous place? How could you be so faithless as to go? But you know, sometimes God calls us to go. Sometimes he calls us to stay. It's about the listening. So this, this decision to stay, though, went against natural wisdom. As I said, when there is times of famine, when you see times of famine in our world, people get up and they move. 
They go to where, that's just what you do. That's just the common sense things to do. And I, as I mentioned, I saw that in Ethiopia. People got up and moved and tried to save themselves. And it was the wise thing to do. But it took faith for him because it was going against natural wisdom. All the wisdom of the world said, get over to Egypt. The grass is green there. And God said, stay. You know, the life of Isaac's faith can be summed up in two words, I think. Isaac prayed. You look at the previous chapter, his wife couldn't have children. He prayed and she had children. So he prayed. And the other aspect, he stayed. He prayed and he stayed. People wouldn't say, well, that's a great epitaph to have on your tombstone. But that was how faith worked out for him. He prayed and he stayed. Well, anyway, the other thing that went against natural wisdom that is what his dad did. If you look back in Genesis chapter 12, what did Abraham do when there was a famine? He was off to Egypt. You know, sometimes I attend a businessman's lunch and the guys give their testimonies. Inevitably, almost every time, the guys will say, as they talk about their life, I did this, or my did, dad did this, and so I followed the pattern. Dads have this huge influence. So here's Isaac. His father got up and went, but he stayed. It was an act of faith. It was an act of faith. Well, the other thing about faith, I'm going to read chapters, uh, the same chapter, verse 7. Read with me from verse 7. When the men of the place asked him about his wife, he said, She is my sister, because he was afraid to say she is my wife. He thought the men of this place might kill me on account of Rebekah, being because she is beautiful. And so when Isaac had been there a long time, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked down from a window and saw Isaac caressing his wife, Rebekah. So Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, She is really your wife. Why did you say she is my sister? Isaac answered, Because I thought I might lose my life on account of her. Then Abimelech said, What is this you have done to us? One of our men might have well slept with your wife, and you would have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech gave orders to all the people, Anyone who harms this man or his wife will surely be put to death. Well... You know what? He took this step of faith. And this happens to us. Actually, I'm going to talk about this coming Friday at the Open Bible Cafe. But we take a step of faith, and then stuff happens that make us doubt. So Isaac is promised by God, I'm going to bless you in this day, in this place. I'm going to bless you. And Isaac looks, and he sees his beautiful wife, She's so beautiful, she, he realizes, these locals could kill me for her. And so he's afraid. And so he backs off, and he makes a, a fear-based decision rather than a faith-based decision. And that's what happens to us when we get a promise. Often there are problems come up that we find life-threatening. <laughs> they are so threatening to us, we think, i got to renege on this. This promise is never going to happen. And for Isaac, it was fear for his life because of his beautiful wife. Well, 
you know, things worked out there. And, uh, but my, my thing is that when you take a step of faith, there's three phrases. You might want to write these down. Promise, problem, provision. You see this in life all the time. There's a promise, there's a problem, and there's provision. We can think of Joseph's life. Promise, he had those dreams. You're going to be a leader and a ruler. Problem, his brother sold him. Prison, false accusation. Then the provision came later. You see that in Abram's life. You see that in Isaac's life. You see that in Joseph's life. And you know, it's been interesting. The last few months, I've had a couple guys talk to me. I'm having meeting them for coffee. And they will say, I was called to do this. But they've ended up doing something very differently. So they're saying, when I'm 18, 19, 20, in that age range, I was called to do this. But they end up doing something else. So what happened? They had this sense of call. They had this sense of promise. But problems came. So many problems, they doubted the promise. So keep that in mind when you're working through things. And then I say, be willing to plant in the dust. Look at verse 12. Isaac, uh, part of his acting by faith, Isaac planted crops in the land, and the same year reaped a hundredfold, because the Lord blessed him. Famine isn't a great time to plant crops. But he did in faith. And the Lord blessed him, according to the Lord's promise. I was reading that uh, a great crop in that area, there's some area known for good crops. It was about an 80-fold crop. If you had an 80-fold crop, that was a bumper crop. But Isaac was blessed and got a hundredfold. Act in faith. This will look different in different lives, but act in faith. Well, the third point I want to make is simply this. Build little by little. God keeps his promises progressively. Look at verse 13. The man became rich, and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped stopped up, filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. Well, <laughs> build little by little. So he planted, had this great harvest, but he kept building, 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 and the blessings came, 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 came. I don't know if I've ever met somebody that was asked to leave town because he was so rich. Do you know of anybody like that? That's rich. That's blessed on the financial side. But it built little by little. Sometimes we wonder, where is God's promise? But he's building it little by little by little. So my point to you today is simply this. When you're on your way to greener pastures, when the dry times hit... Listen to God and do what he says. 
On the way to greener pastures, Isaac learned the faithfulness of God. God said, I'm going to bless you. You stay here. And the faithfulness of God to his promise just unfolded in amazing, amazing ways. On the way to greener pastures, we learn the faithfulness of God. He speaks, he protects, he provides, he blesses. Just a personal note on this. So when we uh, went as a family to Nigeria to serve there, uh, when we came home, I had a decision to make because I had no job. I was, so no way to make an income, no solid prospects locally. And during that time, shortly before we came home, a church from central Alberta expressed interest, a good, solid church. That, for me, would have been greener pastures. I know there's provision down there. But my sense before the Lord was stay here and plant a ministry. And so we did stay here. And uh, I think you all know that I'm not so rich that you're asking me to leave town. But God has multiplied and touched hundreds of lives through that. So when I was, could have been on my way to greener pastures, God spoke. And in that obedience and step of faith, he has blessed. So some of you might be sitting here wondering, is it time to move to greener pastures in some aspect of your life? It may be. It may be the thing to do. But... I want to say to you, listen. Before you go any farther, listen. So that you know what steps of faith to take. When dry times come, listen to God and do what he says. Bless you. Invite you to stand with us. I always pull a fast one on the crew here. I picked another song at the last minute here, so hopefully it works. Mm-hmm.